Welcome to the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. My name is Andrew James Brown and I'm the minister of the Unitarian Church in Cambridge, UK. Knowing that full scope always eludes our grasp, that there is no finality of vision, that we have perceived nothing completely and that, therefore, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk, I hope that, on occasions, you'll find here a helpful liberal, religious and philosophical reflection that encourages you to journey through life, making footprints rather than blueprints. Welcome. Pragmatism is true, but doesn't work. A lesson for liberal free religion to learn. A short talk for the day offered to the Cambridge Unitarian Church as part of the Sunday service of Mindful Meditation. One of the things I have noticed during the course of my 33-year-long involvement with the Unitarian tradition is that many, and perhaps most people, who've joined it since the end of the Second World War turn out to be philosophical pragmatists of one sort or another. In its most minimal form, philosophical pragmatism attempts to evaluate all theories or beliefs in terms of the success, or not, of their practical application. And so Unitarian ministers, like me, will often be heard saying things like this to people like you. Don't worry about whether certain religious beliefs are true or not. The point is to see that they can be, and often are, pragmatically useful. Or, again, don't worry about whether God exists and actually told us to do or not to do X, Y or Z, because these are simply actions which have shown themselves to be useful and so on. This basic attitude to religion lies at the heart of the phenomenon known as cultural Christianity, of which the Unitarian movement as a whole is a classic expression. Not surprisingly, this same pragmatist attitude is also present within certain forms of liberal Judaism, especially within the Reconstructionist movement which was started by Mordecai Kaplan between the 1920s and the 40s, before it became a separate movement in 1955. Given this shared attitude, I was very interested to come across an illuminating story told by the philosopher Raymond Goyce about his philosophy teacher at Columbia University during the 1970s, the brilliant and very witty Sidney Morgenbesser who, it turns out, was for a time a rabbi in Reconstructionist Judaism. And the interview with Raymond Goyce, upon which I draw extensively and gratefully here, can be found at a link you'll find in the episode notes. Goyce was responding to the question of whether he thought Morgan Besser was himself a pragmatist, and, to my surprise, Goyce immediately said no. But, as Goyce went on, I experienced not only an aha moment as I suddenly better understood Morgenbesser's philosophical position, but I also suddenly better understood something about my own. What was incredibly interesting to me was discovering that Morgenbesser wasn't a pragmatist because he thought pragmatism is false. In fact, he thought the opposite, namely that pragmatism is true. The problem for Morgan Besser was simply that pragmatism doesn't work. 
He began to see this when, as a young man, following rabbinical study at the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York City, he took up the position of student rabbi at Swarthmore College in Pennsylvania, where he also first began to teach philosophy. Morgan Bessel went into that role deeply influenced by John Dewey, one of the most important pragmatist philosophers. But, not surprisingly, as a rabbi, Morgan Besser was equally deeply influenced by his Reconstructionist Judaism, a faith which, in his own witty way, he once described as being 50% Dewey and 50% Moses. The trouble was that as he taught this kind of philosophically pragmatic Judaism to his congregation, he found his community simply became smaller and smaller. Goyce tells us that Morgan Besser once told him that the more he talked to his congregation about the pragmatic importance of Jewish beliefs, don't worry about whether they're true or not, they're just pragmatically useful, don't worry about whether God actually told us to do this, it has shown itself to be meaningful. The more he talked in these ways, the less people were interested in bothering with it. What this experience taught Morgan Besser was that there was a human necessity for people actually to have deeply embedded beliefs about how the world is and their place in it that were not subject to pragmatist redescription. But although Morgan Besser thought pragmatism didn't and won't work, remember that he did think it was true. So what did he mean by that? Well, according to Goyce... Morgan Besser thought pragmatism is true in some deep sense because our beliefs are just tools for getting us through the world. But he also thought it was psychologically and sociologically impossible for human beings ever to live in a way that suggests that that is what their deepest beliefs are, i.e. just tools for getting through the world. It's true about them but it's absolutely impossible for us to live with that thought. Goyce sums this up by saying, in a way, the most important fact about pragmatism is that it is existentially impossible for human beings to be pragmatists thoroughgoingly. So, now I'm in a position to say to you what it is that I want to say today which surely needs openly to be addressed by all forms of modern liberal religion if it is going to have a chance of surviving into the 21st century. You see, in recent years, and especially and acutely during the period of the pandemic, and as we go into this time uh, where we recognise the seriousness of the climate emergency, it's become ever more clear to me that whilst I continue to be sure it is true that all my own religious beliefs and practices, indeed everyone's religious beliefs and practices, can be looked at pragmatically as simply tools for getting us through the world, that's not how, for the most part, I do, in fact, get through the world and am able to go on. I, like Morgan Besser before me, have come to realise that it's a necessity for me actually to live by certain deeply embedded beliefs that are not always being subjected to pragmatist 
re-description. Another way of saying this is that I realise I live most fully when I do so as an existentially committed person, acting out of some deeply embedded beliefs and engaging in certain regular religious practices that include for me most notably prayer and meditation. Because, to paraphrase Luther's famous words, upon their ultimate importance to me, at least in my current context, I find I stand and can do no other. Relatedly, looking back at certain periods of my life when I have attempted to live as a thoroughgoing pragmatist, making my foundational belief the idea that my prayers and meditation are just and only tools for getting me through the world, I see how quickly I fell into a nihilistic mode of being and began slowly to give up my practices of prayer and meditation. Like some members of Morgan Besser's own congregation, I quickly found I simply couldn't be bothered with them. So here's my dilemma as your minister, somewhat similar to that faced by Rabbi Morgan Besser in the 1950s. On the one hand, as a minister of religion who is today existentially committed to a form of religion, in my case an inquiring free religion of a Buddhisto-Christian flavour, I need to say to you clearly that you will only get what you are seeking from any form of religion you choose to practice insofar as you are engaging in its weekly practices and services, not just and only as pragmatic tools to get you through the world, but as things you simply believe you must do. And that, upon the truth of the basic message they contain, you feel you can stand with a clean heart and full belief and can do no other. On the other hand, I find that, as a kind of Morgan Bessian or Goysian pragmatist, if such a thing can be said to exist, I also need to say to you clearly that despite any existential religious commitment you are able to display, it continues to be true that every form of religious belief, including your own, is a pragmatic tool for getting you through the world, and you could quite easily choose another that may well prove to be equally, or maybe even more, efficacious. Knowing this, and being open to new light and truth, means, of course that occasionally you'll need to acknowledge and reflect critically upon this truth and perhaps articulate a revised statement of faith. For example, my own free religious hero, Shinichiro Imaoka, did this every year of his adult life right up to his death in 1988, aged 106. Anyway, for what it's worth... It seems to me that a liberal free religious community such as the one I serve here in Cambridge can only survive in the coming century insofar as it is able to offer the world a, a Janus-like form of religion which, for the most part, presents a face to which some people can existentially fully commit with a clean heart and full belief but which at key and only very occasional moments reveals its other face, which demands we view and reassess our religion pragmatically. Connected with this observation, one thing seems sure to me, 
namely that what won't work is if we try to survive by simply and only offering people merely a wide variety of pragmatically useful religious tools to get through the world, as if we were some religious tool and hardware store, sort of cosmic B&Q or Lowe's. Let's not try that. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. So, farewell for now, and remember, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk. See you on the path. Mm-hmm.